This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host, Ethan Hamilton. This is episode 112, the first episode of our 2022 Summer Series, but more on that in a second. First, if you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. If you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward, please send us a note there. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at DYDownload2020, and you can now find every episode of the show at dynasty-download.captivate.fm. Finally, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. With that, E, have you had a nice break off over the holiday and into the summer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, celebrated my daughter's first birthday, so that was pretty exciting. And so This would be the scary. rapturous applause button if I had a soundboard. <laughs> super fun, super scary and sad all at the same time. But yeah, absolutely. How was um, your vacation traveling out of the country? At times relaxing, at times very stressful. It just sounds like vacation, honestly. Yeah, I suppose. Although I wasn't cramped into a very small van this time. It was just people yelling at each other over card games. (laughs) Anyway, so let's start with the parameter of this summer series. Each week, we will be bringing you two rounds of a mock dynasty startup draft each week where E and I will pick every player through 24 full rounds. This startup is based on a mostly standard scoring, half-point PPR, 10-team league that will have one quarterback, two wide receivers, two running backs, one tight end, two flex, one kicker, and one defense. This will also be a snake draft like most redraft league rules. However, this is very different from the redraft league you have with your office buddies, as we'll explain as we go through this. And the idea of this dynasty startup is, as we've said from the beginning, is that you will keep a large portion of your roster year to year. So if you draft Patrick Mahomes, you have him until he retires or you cut or trade him. With that comes a lot of different strategies and we'll hopefully be able to prepare you if you eventually want to start your own dynasty league, which has been kind of our impetus since the beginning of this. So do you have any experience with any dynasty startups? I know you came on after we had done ours for the league that you're currently a part of with me. No, no, only saved the life of an orphan, but that's that is about it. Honestly, I'm a little scared doing a dynasty startup league. There's kind of a lot of stakes that go into it. And so I'm kind of interesting to do this exercise and see kind of where my teams land up. So this will be fun. Yeah, I think it would be a good exercise just because I remember going back to that initial draft and I want to say gosh, this would have been like 2013, 2014 when we started this league. And the first overall pick went to my dad, who's won the league like five times now. He's like the Bill Belichick of this league. But uh, he decided to take Aaron Rodgers at the number one overall selection, which we thought was weird at the time because we were kind of like straddling this line. Dynasty was not nearly as big as it is now. And I think part of... uh, the mainstream of dynasty or of fantasy football culture, excuse me. At the time, I think the consensus number one was LaShawn McCoy, if you want to go back that far. And it was in those Chip Kelly offenses. So 
everybody assumed he would go with like a running back or a wide receiver at the number one. And his argument at the time, and I can't fault some of the logic was Aaron Rodgers is going to be around for 10 years. How can you get away with not having one of your favorite players on your favorite team year in, year out, who's always going to put up top five numbers. And so I've always thought that this was kind of a unique thing that you have to think about it in somewhat of a redraft setting because some of the names will be about the same, but you also have to think long-term. I'll tell you at the time, and this guy ended up only being on my roster for two years. My first overall pick in that draft, I think was Calvin Johnson. And I ended up trading him at the time. I traded him and Philip Rivers in like, I want to say 2014, 2015, like right before he retired, like it was the trade deadline right before he retired that off season for Andrew Luck and Devontae Adams. Now we all know what's happened with me and Devontae Adams. And unfortunately, Andrew Luck retired on me. So it didn't work out as magically as I thought it would. But for a while, that trade looked really bonanza for me. And it's just one of the many lessons you can learn in Dynasty is nothing lasts forever, but it lasts a lot longer in Dynasty. Yeah, I remember you coming to me because this was a league that we started in like high school, right? Originally. Correct. This was the, a reject league we started in high school. No, actually, the first Middle year school? was an auto draft pick and it was my our sophomore year of high school. Okay. The first original commissioners were our high school Spanish teacher and history teacher. And you and I got into the playoffs as the seventh and eighth seeds. We ended up meeting in the championship game and I beat you. It's the only time that's ever happened, but that was an auto pick league. And my two heavy hitters on that team were Tiki Barber and Steven Jackson. I, I, won that league. I won that league a couple of times, you know, one of the, I think a couple of years I had, I've, I won the year Plexico Burris had that big year. I won a year. Mike Vick had a really big year. Um, I think I won it twice, but then, yeah, we were changing it into a dynasty league. And at the time I was super into redraft and I was like, I don't think this sounds like something that I would have very much fun in fast forward to where we're at right now. And I only play dynasty leagues now. So yeah, absolutely. You guys were for sure ahead of, ahead of the times. So I think the only original members in our league from that original draft when we kind of did the startup are my dad, myself, and I think Derek. Everybody else came in after the startup. So it's interesting to consider at one time because we did have one league member who's now moved on at this point who constantly wanted to redraft the league every like two to three years because his roster always stunk and he never got the point of dynasty. But what would happen if we just basically restarted the league and hit that big reset button right now? Pandemonium. First and foremost, I don't think it would ever go through. There's only maybe one person in the draft or in our league that I think could be accepting of something like that. Other than that, everyone really loves their team. I know I'm rebuilding. I like what I'm building. But, yeah, you feel like you're you're right there. So that's a no from you. Um Ed really loves his team as he should very, very young, excited to see what that does in the future. So yeah, be pandemonium chaos. I wouldn't be upset with doing a full new league with just the intrigue it would present and the different challenges, the different strategy from where my team is currently at. But I also like where my current team is at and I don't want to give that up either. And so it would be a mixed bag for me, but I, I get it where it's coming from. So 
with that, do you want the first pick and the odd teams or the second pick and the even teams? I really, I really don't care. I'm interested to see, cause I told you that off air. So I'm interested to see what, how you're deciding this. So I have on my phone, uh, a uh, coin flip app and let's hope <laughs> that the uh, sound effect goes through on, on the uh, recording here. Heads. It is tails, my friend. So I guess uh, I by default get the number one overall pick. And boy, this is hard. Wait, how are you? How are we keeping track of teams? Are you writing this down? Yes, I'm writing down all of it. It will also be published on our website, so I can keep all of these. I'm gonna go Jamar Chase. Probably go run him. Ooh, that's a good one. That's who I was gonna take. Now the reason is is that I think wide receivers more than anything are the guys that I would value a little bit more than running backs, just because of the longevity running backs tend to wear down more. They very rarely produce fantasy results past their first contract. And increasingly it's not even after the age of 26 that has become the new 29 for running backs. But the other part of this is you're choosing between at the top, I think two guys, it's one of these two former LSU wide receivers One has a young quarterback who he has experience with, who busted onto the scene because of this relationship he had prior with this quarterback already. And you have to imagine that that pairing is going to be together for a very long time. Whereas the other guy, you don't know what he's going to have at quarterback maybe next year, let alone three, four years from now. And I think they're both exciting. But if I have to split hairs, I'll take Jamar Chase over who I assume you will go with as the second guy. A hundred percent agree. That was a hundred percent of the reasons I was going to take Jamar Chase. If for some reason he fell to me here at two, or if I had the number one pick, a quarterback that he's going to be with for a very, very long time. And the other guy, we don't really know who his quarterback is, but you think I'm going with the other guy, but I'm actually going to not go with the other guy because of the reason, the reasons you said about the quarterback. I, you just don't know. You know, um, DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf was a top five talent, you know, a couple of years ago, you could have argued that he was wide receiver one. Now, where is he at? So for me, I'm going to take the riskier route, but I still think it's somebody that hopefully can hang on dependability for a while. And that's Jonathan Taylor with, uh, for, for running back for the, for the Colts. I understand the issue with taking running backs, you know, wear and tear. You don't know how long they're going to going to last. But for me, I, I know what he is in this Colts offense. I know what the Colts offense is still trying to do. Yes, maybe they'll throw the ball a little bit more with Matt Ryan, but I'm not so sure that Jonathan Taylor, Taylor won't be involved in the passing game a little bit more as well. So I like Jonathan Taylor at this second spot. I think he's at his absolute peak right now. Mike, question would be as if he's hit his ceiling already by this last year with how exceptional he was even between last year and the end of the previous season in this rookie year. I mean, he was absolutely on fire for huge portions of the last two seasons and he took a lot of carries at Wisconsin. And I know that he was a third year back when he came out, but he started as a freshman and took a lot of carries over, I guess the last five years That would be my only concern, but I would also be with you that 
He was a young starter when he came in at Wisconsin. And even though it's the Big Ten and there are a lot of big bodies there, I have to imagine he's probably going to have at least three good years left in him in a highly productive system. And he's already shown that he can be the number one back in your offense. So I don't think it's really without question. He was going to be the number one back off the board at this point. It's a question of when will the next one go as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, that I, leaves- I, I agree with everything you said, you know, it's the wear and tear, especially the way he runs the football as well. It's very, very powerful. It's pretty violent, obviously not as violent as Derrick Henry, but he's still a guy that puts his shoulder pads down and gets the extra yard. So yeah, I agree with you. And I agree with you also that the uh, receiving is not a downside for him like it is with a Derrick Henry. He is a guy that's going to at least produce enough in the passing game that it'll supplement his elite running back status. And so it keeps him near the top of every fantasy board, even if he's not the number one running back the next couple of years. He's probably the safest bet at that position. So I can't argue with value here at the number three team. And it's just simply, it's the most talented guy. Yes, I know he has some question marks and we were splitting hairs, but I don't think you really can argue with the production he's had over the last two years. He's going to be in a very similar offense to the one he's run the last two years. And he's extremely young. So Justin Jefferson at number three. Yeah. I mean, you got to, if you're the third team here, you got to be happy. (laughs) Either way, how it pans out, you're going to end up with somebody pretty, pretty good. And you don't necessarily have to make the decision on taking one of the top two guys. So that's, that's a good spot to be in. Absolutely. Because I think there's really a dividing line between three mm-hmm. and about pick four now where yep. I wouldn't say that there's a huge drop off, but there's definitely a separation point. Absolutely. That's where I would go to. There's a, that's the tier one in dynasty startup. Those are the top three guys that I would most definitely have. And I'm still looking at the board here, still trying to make a decision at number four. And I think I'm going to talk myself into Javante Williams. He's not as high. Yeah. He's not as high, obviously, as he was maybe two months ago with the re-signing of Melvin Gordon, but that may be a good thing for the longevity of his career as well. So maybe he'll be a little more bit more relevant later on but I'm going to go Javante Williams I know there's some other running backs that maybe you would want to take ahead of him but being 22 years old looking to get a lot of work even with Melvin Gordon being there and then just the amount of missed tackles that he causes he's somebody that'll for sure be a a weapon down I know how much you love that a weapon down in the goal line I don't like the term weapon just for (laughs) you know what what we're having is a massive political discussion going on in this country. And most people should probably by this point in time, know where I stand on uh, guns, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, as far as it goes, I guess the worry I would have with him and the signing of Melvin Gordon was that it was an absolutely right down the middle split share of the carries. I think one of them just about every week would have like 12 and the other one would have 11. And so there's some concern that even if Javante becomes the premier back in the offense, because you have to imagine that he would be given his age and that, you know, you're uh, getting Melvin Gordon for relatively cheap and nobody really wanted to sign him that he's probably going to get at least the majority share. But what does that look like? I mean, you didn't sign Melvin Gordon to just simply be a backup like a uh, Jamal Williams was last year to DeAndre Swift. 
that's not quite the situation that you're looking at. You're looking at him being kind of a 1B. So is it a 60-40 split? Is it a 70-30? I think that's where most people would be. But obviously the talent is there. I mean, we saw Javante Williams on the one game that he had without Melvin Gordon where he got the lion's share of the carries. And he should be in a better offense this year going with uh, the Packers' former offensive coordinator. So I think that the sky's the limit for this guy. It's just the amount of opportunities that he's potentially going to get are the concern at the moment. But he's in a good offense. He's surrounded by talent. And he's got finally a good quarterback. Let's see how it pans out this year, but I can't really fault you going there. It was just a little bit surprising because I would have thought being kind of a secret Cowboys homer, you would have gone CD lamb at number four, but that's where I'm actually going to go with number five. Don't say that. Don't say what? Don't say that. Let's move on. Number five. I'm going to go CD lamb at number five. I think that if you're really looking for him to have the elite breakout, he's going to have the lion's share of the passing receptions targets this year for the Cowboys. And it's not like Dak has been a bad quarterback. I mean, we were talking about two years ago him being a top five quarterback. I think he's comfortably inside the top 10. I wouldn't say that he's at the top five right now because he's basically gone away with all of his running part of his game at this point. I think partly due to the injury that kept him out that, what is it? Three quarters of a year, essentially that gruesome injury that he ended up having. But Amari Cooper's gone. Michael Gallup's coming off of an ACL injury. The best that you have to compete with right now, at least if you believe the reports out of camp, are that Tony Pollard could be a slot receiver and Dalton Schultz a tight end. Other than that, you've got a rookie in Jalen Tolbert and a beat-up Michael Gallup. He should be getting 130 targets this year. He's a young receiver. We know the talents there. You and I have been talking about him for a number of years already. I think that this is the time to step forward and prove he's one of the elite receivers in this league. And I think that that will be guaranteed by the end of the year. So at number five, I'll take CD. I don't hate that pick. You know, I, it's just kind of the different philosophies with the two of us, you know, as much as you don't like taking running backs, you know, this early, you can obviously see that maybe I would have taken a running back at this spot, but everything you said about CD, with with the opportunities that he's going to have him being the guy in Dallas now you don't you don't hate the pick so we'll kind of see we're kind of looking for him to take off he didn't really take off last year like we thought he was going to so maybe this is the the big big year for him all right so Num- pick number 6 number 6 there's a couple people that i have that i haven't really decided on where I want to be yet, but I think I'm going to take Najee Harris at six. 24 years old, there's talk that he's not going to get as much work this year as he did last year, but I think maybe he'll have a little bit more in the receiving game than he did last year and maybe less running the football. So I don't really think it hurts him, especially in PPR formats overall. So getting him here in the middle of the round, especially with the year that he had last year, I don't think you're, you're upset at all. No, I don't think so either. The volume's clearly going to be there for him, especially with a younger quarterback not being able to distribute the ball probably in the way that we're used to. It depends on whether they go with Trubisky to start the season or not, but 
you'd like to think that he's still going to get a lot of check down passes like he did last year and that the offensive line couldn't have been much worse than it was last year, but he got crazy level of volume. So if he just continues that and he saw, you already saw last year, he was durable. I do think this is a, this is a guy we always chase volume and efficiency in this league and his efficiency wasn't great. I think it can actually get better, but his volume was clearly there and that's probably not going to shrink this next year. So at number seven, you're starting to get a sense of where, again, we get a dividing line between some of the younger elite stars and then some of the guys that were really high on, but that have some question marks or are a little bit longer in the tooth. This is the area for the Cooper Cups, the Devontae Adams, uh, the Christian McCaffrey's, those types of guys. But I'm going to go with a second year player who last year I talked up a ton because I thought it gave you the most positional versatility on a particular roster to have maximized your tight end position because the drop-off from tight end one to two to three, and then the rest of the divide after that is immensely bigger than what you're going to get from the difference in wide receiver one to wide receiver 12 to wide receiver uh, 25 in a dynasty league. And so the point differential, especially if you get one of the elite ones can really carry your team. So I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts here because I think by the end of the year, he will have clearly established himself as the number one tight end in fantasy. I don't hate that at all. Cause that was the other guy I was deciding with at six for all of the reasons that you said for him to fall this far. That's kind of crazy too, but there's a lot of good people ahead of him, but yeah, Kyle Pitts, the versatility, the young quarterback that will eventually be there. Cause we know Mariota isn't the guy of the future, still only 21 years of old, years old. Um, yeah. The sky's kind of the limit for this dude. Athleticism is off the charts. Absolutely. So it is back to you at pick number eight. Pick number eight. I'm going to take DeAndre Swift. Okay. You know, still very, very young in an offense and in a t- on a team that really can only get better. And that I think is going to get better. They played with a lot of heart. They play with their coach. And I think when healthy, especially he can be very, very useful out of the backfield um, catching passes as well. I don't really think we've seen the real DeAndre Swift yet in this league. And remember back in this draft, I, he was my wide, or running back number one. So I'm excited to see him battle for the number one running back this year. All right. Yeah, honestly, that was a guy who I thought I could take easily in that range too, or would have been the next pickup for me. So it makes my job a little bit more difficult. Now I'm having to make a fairly tough decision, but I do like his ability to catch the ball. I think that offense is going to be a little bit better than it was last year. Again, they've got guys all over the field. The one drawback is, is his injury history and Jared Goff. But he still finished, I think, as a top 10 running back this last season and has established himself as one of the elite backs. And this is a good spot to take him at eight. So nine. Oh, I've been kind of filibustering here for a second, but uh, gosh, I really don't know what to do. This is this is almost sad. I'm going to do it against my better judgment. And this might seem a little bit odd, but I'm going to go T Higgins. Now, I think we've mentioned it on the show that neither of us probably thinks that he's going to get an elite second contract with the Bengals. 
just because they're not going to be able to afford to keep him, Chase, Mixon, Burrow, and you know, whatever else other pieces that they want on their team all at the same time, especially being drafted in back-to-back drafts. And so there's a very strong possibility at some point that he's going to move on, but he's young. He's 23. He already kind of burst onto the scene. I think that we thought that the Bengals were not going to draft Jamar Chase last year, even though the possibility was intriguing to pair him back up with Joe Burrow because of how well T Higgins had played even without Joe Burrow to end the previous season. And he still had a really fantastic year last year. He had a pretty good Super Bowl. It's hard to say that he's the number two wide receiver in this offense because of how good he actually is. But I think he's got a fairly good career ahead of him. He's probably got seven or eight good seasons in him. And so this is a good spot to take him, I guess. Even ahead of some of the stalwarts like your Stefan Diggs's, uh, your Cooper Cups, your Debo Samuels. Now, I'm not mad at you. I love the talent of T. Higgins. I just thought maybe I'd be able to get him a little bit later, but you most definitely, I wouldn't even call it a reach, honestly. I really wouldn't. In that offense, I think it can support two elite wide receivers, and I think it really, really will. Joe Burrow is something special, and he is one of those quarterbacks that, just like Aaron Rodgers early on you know, in his career, he supported a lot, a lot of people, and I think he'll be able to do that as well. So I don't hate the pick. Talent-wise, he's going to be around for a very, very long time. Big physical body can go up and get the football, especially in the red zone. You love that. So he's going to score touchdowns. You know, he'd be talked about a whole lot more if his teammate wasn't Jamar Chase. That's really all there is to it. And he's a good deep threat, as we saw in the Super Bowl, even if he did kind of push off. I didn't see a push off. I didn't either. But wide, receiver, wide receivers don't push I was off. not rooting for the Rams. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> number 10, number 10. I am going to take. You have the next two picks now. Well, that makes my decision a little bit easier. So I am going to take A.J. Brown at number 10. Interesting. Yes. 24 years old. The issue with him is health. I think Jalen Hurts is going to surprise a lot of people this year with his passing ability. There's a lot of talk that he worked on his footwork a lot. And overall confidence and all that other stuff, you know, getting another weapon in. I know Devontae Smith is there, but I really do think A.J. Brown is the better overall talent. There's a lot of things that Devontae Smith does really, really well, but I think A.J. Brown is the wide receiver to have in that offense. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a lot of it has to do with his age as well. You know, taking him here at that spot, at this spot over some other wide receivers, but yeah, we're going to take A.J. Brown. All right. So this presents me another tough decision. Excuse me. It's still your pick. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, it is. I just remembered. Um, Next pick. So this is somebody I'm pairing up with Jonathan Taylor, right? Yes. Uh, No, you would be uh, going with the AJ Brown pick. It's a snake draft. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Are we thinking about it like that or are we just taking? Yes. You would people in a normal okay. startup draft, you would still do it snake because you want to even out the teams as much as possible. So everybody feels like they can compete right away. So then I am going to take Brees Hall running back. Wow. New York Jets. Wow. Yep. Yep. Thank you. You had it in you. You've seen the light, my son. 
man, I'm just saying, 21 years old, pairing him up, going to have a very, very long run with the two of them. You got to be excited with A.J. Brown and Brees Hall. Hopefully the Jets don't ruin him, but from an overall prospect standpoint, I know we've never seen him carry a football yet in the NFL, but from a prospect standpoint, the athleticism, the way he tested at the combine as well, this is most definitely somebody that can make some noise at the next level. Agreed. You know how I feel you about wanna, him. You want to talk about him a little bit? Let's move on. No, we don't have the time. Roses are red. Violets are blue. <laughs> Brees Hall is mine. And you're going to lose. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have two guys that I think arguably could have been in the top 10 in most dynasty leagues still on the board in Debo Samuel and Cooper Cup. And I feel almost compelled to kind of take one of them. The questions surrounding both, though, one, Cooper Cup, he's 29 and he's going to be just short of 30 by the, the end of this season. He put up probably one of the elite wide receiver seasons of all time. I don't think that's replicable. He's not Jerry Rice, so I just don't know what his longevity is going to be. He's already had at least one significant knee injury. I think he might have had one in college. So how long can he truly compete at an elite level like that? I don't know, but you also don't want to necessarily bet against the guy who just absolutely shattered most wide receiver seasons last year. So it's tough for me to say, but I think best case scenario, he has three years in him that are at good to great status. I just don't know if he's going to be close to that elite level he had last year for more than maybe one, one and a half to two seasons. So then it's up to Debo Samuel. Okay, what made Debo valuable? Yes, he had, I think, a top five wide receiver season going into the portion of the year where he started to become a running back. Now, the questions about his contract, about his situation with the 49ers, seem to be that he doesn't want to run the football nearly as heavily as he did to end last season. He was a team player, but now he doesn't want to put the wear and tear on his body and shorten his career, basically to make Kyle Shanahan look like a genius again. So if that's the case, I feel more comfortable about drafting Debo Samuel at this outset than I do probably Cooper Cup, just because there are more seasons of him available. He's already going to be in a good offense. The question then becomes, who's going to be his quarterback? Because there are a lot of question marks as to what's going to happen with Trey Lance coming into this year that are undecided. But I think that based on his elite status last year, the longevity numbers, I'm going to go Debo Samuel at pick. I think it's 12 now, but the second one in the second round. Okay. 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 I am next. Who was my last? It was Najee Harris, right? On this team, you had DeAndre Swift. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You're going to have to refresh my memory for each one. All right. That's fine. I can do a rundown on these. Yeah, just before each pick. Be like, you're adding to... Okay. You took mostly running Sorry, backs no, in the I'm first round, with the exception of A.J. Brown at the back end <laughs> yeah. of the first. <laughs> I am going to take... Devonte Adams. I do think his best years are behind him. I think he'll have some productive years in Las Vegas. And I think he's, you know, I know he's going to be pushing 30, but I think he's going to be relevant for quite a few years at fantasy relevant for sure. For like decent fantasy relevant for sure, for at least a good three to four years. But I'm going to take Devonte hoping he has a pretty explosive year this year in, in Las Vegas 
but you know we're kind of now in i don't want to say the dead zone but places where you you're taking people where maybe they've seen the best of them already you know instead of taking a risk on some other people that you're going to take risk on later on we've got a lot of 26 27 year old running backs and a lot of 28 29 year old wide receivers yep which is the peak age for them all to decline (laughs) so i'm taking Devontae here understood i i can see where somebody would definitely go with that one i don't know if i want to always chase upside but in a dynasty situation, I would rather lose the first year and take on a little bit more of a project so that I can win years two, three, four, if everybody else decides to go into win now mode. And that's kind of the attitude that uh, my dad took when he did his original team because he lost that first year, but I want to say he won years two, three, and four. So Cooper Cup's still on the board. I feel like I need to take him. Christian McCaffrey's still there. Eckler's still there. Diggs, Tyreek Hill. I mean, these are some of the biggest names we've had over the last two or three years. But that's the thing. They're the biggest names we've had over the last two or three years. I think I'll go with Cooper Cup just by default here on this particular team uh, with Kyle Pitts because that seems like a pretty good combination to start with. How can you argue with possibly having the number one wide receiver and the number one tight end? But I do it a little bit reluctantly. Yeah, that's a tough one. I know for sure I wasn't taking Cooper Cup at all. Yeah. So pick number five in the second round, this team already has Najee Harris. Top guy on, I think, this ESPN list I'm looking for. This ESPN list I'm looking at right now is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I see Christian McCaffrey sitting there. I just don't know if I can talk myself into taking him right now, and it has nothing to do with his talent, you know? It's health and age. Health. Health for sure. So thinking about that, I think I'm going to take Stefan Diggs. I think he's due for a bounce back here. We know how big of an arm Josh Allen has. And we know how good of a talent Stefan Diggs is, especially with his route running as well. I think this Buffalo team, I think they're going to start the year off, especially super ticked off because they feel like they were the team that was supposed to win it all this last year. So they might be on a little bit of a revenge tour. Hopefully Stefan Diggs has a bounce back here, but we know how good he is. Absolutely. So team number five, who will have the second or excuse me, the sixth pick in the second round has CD lamb previously. And I feel like the talent is too much there if you can hit on it early. So I think I got to go Christian McCaffrey here just because if we let it go too much longer, it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, can't argue it. I mean, the guy produced probably the greatest running back season in fantasy history ever, and we've barely heard from him in the last two years. But when he's been on the field, he's electric. It's just a matter of staying on the field. And now he's age 26, which, like I said before, is about the wall of decline for most running backs right now. So team four has the seventh pick in the second round, and they previously took Javante Williams in the first round at pick four. All right. So with hearing that, I feel like I'm going to make this maybe my project team. Okay. PayPal, maybe I'll take a swing on. So with that, I am going to take Jalen Waddle. I like that one. I think I would have gone there my next pick had you not taken him. 
really. You know, because it's he's kind of the next tier then of the people that we haven't quite seen the best of yet. Everyone else above that is, you know, we've, we've probably seen their prime or they're in it right now. With Jalen Waddell and Javante Williams, you have a lot of really good young talent. Hopefully that can take off for you. Well, he set the rookie mark for, I think, receptions in a single season last year. He had a crazy level of targets and volume. And you know that they're going to try and throw the ball as much as possible this next year because they have to see what they have in Tua before the next year's draft, essentially. That this is a one-year tryout basically now for Tua to either right the ship and become the franchise quarterback or not. So you have a dividing line that most likely you're going to get one of these hot prospect rookie quarterbacks out of the 2023 draft where Tua is finally going to live up to the promise that he had coming in when it was tanked for Tua. And he's got two elite receivers. Jalen Waddle's the second of them, but he's also the much younger one because Tyreek Hill coming in, most coverage is going to center around how do we stop Tyreek Hill first? And then they're going to worry about Jalen Waddle. And Jalen Waddle is just as fast, if not, you know, at least on the heels of Tyreek Hill. I don't know if anybody touches Tyreek Hill's elite speed, but now at age, what, 28 and a half? it's possible that Jalen Waddle keeps up with him and they're both elite deep threats. He's a guy that can produce in space and he's young. So I think that he could have a new quarterback who is a better fit for him next year. There's a possibility that Tyreek Hill eventually takes a step back, but right now it actually allows for him to do some things. I think this is a good pick. All right. So we're back to team number three who had in the first round at pick number three took Justin Jefferson. So with the, eighth pick in the second round. Do I want to take the slew of 26 or 27 year old running backs or 28 or 29 year old wide receivers? I mean, this is, Oh golly. Where we're at right now. I know. That's where you're at. So this is a half point PPR league. So I'll reluctantly again, go with Austin Eckler because I think he offers more versatility and he's still the goal line back for me right now. This can also be paired with, eventually drafting a a Isaiah Spiller later in this draft to pretty much cement this spot. You want to take a guy that's going to catch a lot of passes. That's going to be in the end zone quite a bit and is playing in a good offense surrounded by good talent and a really good quarterback. So this is the spot for him as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, everything you said, you know, this is the spot for where he's at. We know Austin Eckler's talent. You know, I had him for a year, trade him away, got some draft picks super happy about that we know how good he is we know he's going to be in the end zone we know you know a really good game for him is you know 10 to 12 carries for about 50 yards and a touchdown and then five catches for about 50 yards and a touchdown as well that's that's what he does so getting him here your only issue is you just wish he was younger that's about it pretty much and really isn't too much of an issue for austin eckler Well, he hasn't made it through a full season yet as the primary back, but he has produced when he's been there. And I don't think he's missed more than like three or four games in a year. But that's just being, and it's not anything like super serious, I guess is what it's mean. Playing running back, playing 16, you know, the 17 games a year, you're going to get banged up. You're going to miss a couple of games. That's just what's going to happen, especially in today's NFL. Yeah, it's the reality of the modern NFL. I don't know. Right. Yep. All right. Last pick for me. So this is team number two who took Jonathan Taylor with the number two overall pick. 
damn, that's a long way to wait. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I guess I will take. I mean, the top guys. I don't feel great about it. You're going to take DK Metcalf. Interesting. Okay. Is it just from an age perspective and you don't think that he's going to stay with Seattle or. I think Seattle has to do something in the quarterback room next year. I don't, I don't even think they like all of the quarterbacks that they have. So yeah, it may be a down year this year for DK still 24 years old. Hopefully they can get one of the shiny new toys that comes in 2023. Cause there's a lot of talk about how good some of those quarterbacks are. That's basically what I'm hoping for, especially taking him. And I think this is early too, but especially taking him here, it's just kind of the upside. All right. So the top guys left on the board at the moment are Tyreek Hill, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Delvin Cook, Derek Henry, and DJ Moore. I really don't like Tyreek Hill's prospects because I think a lot of what he did at Kansas City was stretching the field, and I just don't know if Tua has the arm to be able to really get it to Tyreek Hill in the way that Patrick Mahomes could throw it through this or outside the stadium type of arm. I just don't think Tua has that, and so it kind of limits his ability. So, again, splitting hairs, drop him back a little bit. Uh, I don't think that Elvin Kamara uh, is going to play a full season this year because I think he's going to be suspended at some point for his altercation in Las Vegas. And he's already at age 27. He's going to be playing in his first Sean Payton-less offense, and we really don't know what we're going to get out of him going down the line. I like Joe Mixon. I would probably pick Joe Mixon here, but pairing Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase on the same team, I'm just not sure I want to double up in that category if I'm picking for this team. But I I will state now that I probably would pick Joe Mixon if it were not pairing with a Bengal on the other side of this, because I think he's probably the best prospect out of any of these guys right now. He's only at 26 years and one month, so he just hit 26 right now. I don't feel like I can go with Derrick Henry or DJ Moore. So I think, again, this is kind of the default area of the draft. I'm going to go with a guy who's had a lot of versatility, but he's also had some struggles with health, and you don't know if he's going to have an elite season or he's just going to finally fall off the cliff. He just hit age 27, so I'm going to go Delvin Cook here. I think Delvin is going to be utilized way more in the passing game this year as well. Very possible. I don't hate the pick. You know, I had Delvin just traded him this year. He was, man, when he came out, he was somebody I took with the first pick overall. I took him over Fournette, Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey. And I still, to this day, I feel very, very good about that pick. Delvin has been a very good running back and a very consistent running back in this league ever since he stepped foot in it. Really just injuries are kind of the only thing that you worry about with him, but he also plays through a lot and plays through that a lot effectively too. So I love the pick of Delvin. All right. So that ends the first two rounds. Any observations you'd like to comment on so far? Yeah, it's a little bit trickier than I thought it was going to be. So it'll be interesting to see what my teams actually look like on paper. I think the hardest two rounds are going to be next week with three and four where we're really sorting through these last vestiges of the elite stars that are on the kind of precipice of the decline versus the guys that we think could hit in the next couple of years. 
and where does that all shake out? But where do we start to see some of the quarterbacks? This isn't a super flex, super flex league, and it's not a two quarterback league either. So where we start to see some of those dynasty level quarterbacks, I know that I started off the pod with talking about my dad taking Aaron Rodgers at number one. And I'm sure in a Homer league like ours, Aaron Rodgers or, you know, somebody's favorite player would probably go very quickly, but I don't know. That'll be curious to see when that actually ends up happening. We've only had one tight end and the rest have been wide receivers or running backs so far. Yeah. It'll be fun to see how this all shapes out. All right. So thank you then to all the listeners and dynasty players out there. We appreciate you. We hope that this gave you some learning experience and we will be back again next week with our third and fourth rounds of our summer series startup draft. But until then, until then stay safe, everyone have a good summer. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at dydownload2020. Find every episode of the show at dynasty-download.captivate.fm. And as always, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan as a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music. Our technical provider and distributor is Captivate FM.